Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Uh, about the future, like while you were studying, what did you want to become? What do you think the future would take you? What were some of the thoughts? Because people might think maybe you started out as a business person from the very beginning, but where was your mind at from the beginning before we get into click? Okay, uh, my name is Jennifer Tomokunde. Um, I'm 37 years old. End of this week, I am a mother and I am a wife a wonderful husband. I, I have uh, great siblings and I am happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So growing up, I studied education. I am a teacher by profession. I can teach geography very well <laughs> and CRE. Uh, growing up, it was almost sure everyone who grew around me knew I was going to become a lawyer. My father happened to be a lawyer, and according to my character, he said I would make the best lawyer, and all our conversations rotated around, being, around law. <laughs> and I, I remember working in his law firm, in my vacations, senior four in his law firm. He would take me to court. Basically, he was mentoring me, so it, it kind of got into me that I'm going to be a lawyer, and I just see myself putting on those gowns and being a lawyer. So I thought I was going to be a lawyer until my results for senior six came back. Oh. Yes. And I couldn't make it for law, for on government sponsorship. And on private, it was really expensive. So my second choice was education. And I told my father that let me do education. After doing education, mm. I will go back and do law. Yes, so growing up, I was supposed to be a lawyer. <laughs> Did you ever go back and do law? No. And <laughs> when I graduated as a teacher, I worked a little bit, but I had those plans because I wanted to make my father proud. But when he passed on in 2011, well, I was going to do it for him because he, he couldn't believe that none of his children has become a lawyer. So I was going to do it for him. At least they, they, I had heard that you can actually go to to LDC, even when you have not done law, so at least I thought I would go to LDC, just to make my father proud, yeah. <laughs> wow, so it begins there. Now, we have little time, she has an incredible story, so we're going to dive into it. Now, let's talk about how do you get into business? Where does this journey begin? Where, what, tell us the beginnings of this journey, like what were you doing? Did you have a dream? Uh, in the middle of the night and then you woke up and started a business. What is like, what was going on in your life that leads you to the business that you get involved in? Okay, fast forward. Uh, after school, I, I got married right after university. I got married and I was teaching right after school. I was teaching. So when I got married, I stopped teaching because I was teaching in Kawempe. I was teaching at Kawempe Muslim and Bogo High School, but I got married in Boyogere. So commuting became a bit of a problem. Uh. Yes, and my husband asked, because the salary was not even making up for transport. Yeah, so my husband said, no, it's okay. Let's start looking for work. 
you can stay home in the meantime. But also, I was also excited to be married, you know, make my home, look after my husband. Yeah, so there's that year that I was home, not working, but looking for work. So in the meantime, because my husband saw how frustrated I was getting, he told me, how about you go back to school as we look for work? So I enrolled at UMI, where I did my postgraduate. And after UMI, I got a job. I got a job with IBM, it's called uh, International Business Machines, and their client at the moment was Airtel, here in Kampala. And so we're sitting at Airtel and they were taking on customer care and IT. So my, uh, my job description in the beginning was supervisor, customer care, but again, I could not supervise what I don't know. I needed to know what they are doing, so I got into the call center. I don't know if anyone has an idea what mm. happens in the call center. Yeah. But I thank God now I realize that God was preparing me then for what I am now. So I work at the call center and it's, it was tight. But God was teaching me so much how to deal with clients, uh, how to talk to people, how to wake up early, you know. But I was just, I, there was a bit of happiness in me. Of, I'm in a corporate job. Yeah. I dress so well. I put on heels. I drive my vehicle up to, you know. It was all good. But the salary was not good. <laughs> what time, give us a, an idea. What time would you have to be at the call center? Hmm. And about how many calls would you take in a day? At the call center, I had to be there by six, I should have logged in. So I had to be there about 15 minutes before six. That meant I had to wake up like at 4.30, prepare. I had a newborn. I had my first child who was about six months, so she was there. I had to prepare. So I would be up by four. I would be at, at Kololo at exactly 5.45. I had to, to take 350 calls a day as in speaking to 350 people a day, who among those um, people abusing you, oh, yeah. people quarreling, as it's, it was <laughs> as if Airtel was mine, it is as if I had stolen their airtime. <laughs> so there are guys who would call, as soon as you log on like this, by the way, when you uncle, God is watching you, some guy, <laughs> some guy, some, it was as if it was consistent, he would call. And before you even say, oh, you're welcome to Airtel, he would say, yeah. why are you wasting his money, his time? I didn't even know my uncle, but I learned. <laughs> so, I, but you know, and my supervisor at the time expected me to be nice to this person and speak nicely and you know, it yes. was hard. Yeah. But I thank God for it. God was training me. Okay, so here you are at Airtel, corporate job, you know, yeah. things are looking good. Um, I mean, the salary is not too great, but you have, yeah. uh, you have something. Yes. Eh? When you ask for jobs, you'll mention, and of the company, course, I was the company proud. sounds serious. Eh? Yes. So why, then what happens? How do you get into business? Yeah, so uh, I work at Airtel for about another year and a half, and then I, I, um, I go on maternity leave for my second baby. And that's while on leave. Okay, I took my leave a bit earlier than I should have because I wasn't, the pressure was too much at work and my doctor recommended bed rest. So I took my leave at around seven months. So it ate into my maternity leave. And so one month after having my baby, I was required to go back to work. But again, that is when something happened. I think that was the turning point in my life. 
one of my brothers lost a baby and we went to bury in Fort Porto. And in my conversations in the car with uh, some of my brothers, my cousin brothers, one of them mentioned that in our village, I come from Chisoro, that there are very many nice passion fruits. And he was telling us you should stop buying passion fruits here in Kampala because they're really expensive. So, well, you know, I thought the conversation will end there and I told him, yeah, it's okay. Uh, but he insisted I should send you some passion fruits. They are really cheap and they are nice. You guys stop wasting money on passion fruits. Little did I know that when he would go back, for him he was serious, for me the conversation ended there. So after about two days, 3 a.m., <laughs> I get a call from the, tax, from the bus park. <laughs> Madam, your passion fruits are here, hurry up. 3 a.m., hurry up and pick them, the bus has to go to the washing bay. I first said, the park, passion fruits, then I remembered. <laughs> I, I didn't want to disappoint my brother. Of course, that was a kind gesture. But also, I think my husband was wondering, 3 a.m., this chick is receiving calls. Mm -hmm. So I put my phone on silent. The phone is ringing. I can see it lighting, but I'm quiet. I'm waiting for him to go to work so that I also, you know, get on with this. <laughs> so he used to leave at around 6.30. So as soon as he left, I got my phone. I called. I told them, okay, let me come and pick my passion fruits. So I had a small car. My husband had just gifted me. So I drove my car with no idea of how much passion fruits I'm going to pick, how big they are. If I had known at that time, I wouldn't have even used my small car because I didn't think they would fit there. But anyway, I drive, I go downtown, you know where buses park and all the chaos. I braved and went there. I picked, those guys helped me to break the car and make it into a mini pickup, packed the passion fruits there, and I went. There were three, uh, three sacks, one was mine, and another was for my siblings, one Sarah, one Joseph. So I park a bit at Mengo after the chaos of the park. I park on the side and I call my brother. And I tell him, hey, Joseph, uh, David sent us passion fruits, so I just picked your sack for you. Where do I drop it? And he told me, Jennifer, I am checking in at the airport. I'm going to London, so please <laughs> find something fruits. to do with your passion fruits. <laughs> <sighs> then I call Sarah. Hey, Sarah, how are you? David sent us passion fruits, so where can I find you? Where do I drop your passion fruits? Then he said, he, I remember very well, she said, I'm in Kakumilo, something like that. I, you can take them home, I'll pick them at your house. So I drive home with my passion fruits, but they were, you know how you put passion fruits, something in the car and the back goes down, and then the, the front <laughs> goes up? That's how I left that place. So I got home, my Ascari helps remove them and put them there. At first, I wasn't worried. But later in the evening, when I called Sarah to pick her passion fruits, she said, oh, I didn't mention that we are going to be in the field for a whole week. So really, you can have my passion fruits. She didn't know how much trouble she was, you know, putting <laughs> me into. But anyway, to cut the long story really short, I was so worried. I didn't know what to do. These were so many passion fruits. I tried to pour them in bensins, but like it couldn't get anywhere. So an idea came. Again, I had been uh, put on a group on Facebook called BMM. I think BMM, they know that they're a very big part of my story. So I posted there, it's for mothers. So I told them, mothers, I have these passion fruits. I take a picture, I send them. They are nice. Um, I have them there at home. If you want, you can pick. I'll give you as much for so little. I was surprised. In the morning when I woke up, I had so many notifications and 
Actually, mothers came and picked up those passion fruits. They were so nice. They were purple, really ripe, very nice and juicy. So they, I, I thought maybe they would take a little, but they came. Those who would come who are saying, maybe keep for me for 10,000. When they would see them, they would say, let me take for my mother. Then they would even call their friends. So someone who has come to pick for like 10 ended up taking for like 30 or even 50. But um, by the end of that day, those passion fruits were done. Even what I had kept for myself, I brought it out and sold it. And at the end of that day, I had 390,000. And my salary, I didn't mention at Airtel, <laughs> was 420. That was my take home. So I had 390, 420. I started thinking. That night I didn't sleep. <laughs> then, the following morning, the post had like a thousand texts, I mean, replies. I also want, I'm coming. Yesterday I was unable, but today I'm coming, but I didn't have. So I called this cousin of mine, I said, uh-huh, now these passion fruits you sent me, they are finished, but I have this money, can I get more? They said, you, you don't know what is here. There are many passion fruits, and we are cousins, so we come from different areas in the village. So he even emphasized and said, in that part of, uh, of the village where you come from, there are passion fruits, so I will send. So I sent him the money, and he sent me another three sacks. So this time I became intentional, I was expecting the call at 3 a.m., which surely came in. I, when I picked them up, I packed them very well. Now I packed properly counting, because in the beginning, I was just getting rid of. Yeah. Now, after seeing how much I had collected in a day, I became intentional. I pre-packed so that I don't make people waste their time. You know, all those things I didn't know. When my first client came, I had to run and buy caveras. <laughs> Now, because I was expecting them, I bought before, yeah. I packed before, I sorted before. I even now started uh, putting my customer care into practice. Mm. Welcomed them nicely, broke for them sample. You know, they were happy. After selling those three sacks, I had one million shillings in my hands. That is when I wrote my resignation. <laughs> yes, so that is how I got into business. Wow, what a story. So basically, we need to thank your cousin for sort of, he, he's the- My cousin, <laughs> I have invited him for the book launch oh. just to honor him. Yes. I even speak about him in this book. Yes. yes. Very humble. There's no day I ever told him. There's a time I told him, you're going to get me a hundred sacks. And so casually, he said, yes, I will get them. I know that at some, at, at some point, he even was absconding from his work. He, he works in Soro just to, you know, make sure that I get all these passion fruits. Coordinating, sometimes those many sacks would come on, on different buses, but he would coordinate, get conductor's numbers, and also call to make sure I got all of them. So, really, that one, I'll just have to be invited to talk about him. Oh. He's special. Yes, but, yeah. absolutely. Mm. But, but you see, and you know, yeah, the title of your book says Just Start, and I think yes. that's the power of your story, is that the story could have ended that day, with the passion fruits coming, so I'm not even going to pick them. Yes, because even the thought of going downtown. Yeah. You know, downtown is a place, I, I had been there earlier, like shop for my baby, but you pack the car these ends of, like up, Grand Imperial, yeah. because you can't just imagine driving. It's crazy down there. But, 
so the story could have ended it there. could have it could have ended there it could have ended on the day you got rid of the first batch and yes said, that was nice i'm not getting myself into the trouble because it was labor for you to be able to continue you had a newborn baby yes plus the whole so now let's see we've okay so you've begun you're now uh selling some passion fruits yes. life has begun how does that grow into what is now click investments what happens from that point on take us through that journey okay um, of the growth of of this business and how it becomes a business okay then okay a little i'll take you a little bit back when i was at umi there is this girl who was helping people open up companies and she would stress me do you have a company and I would, but in my head like, i would not ever own a company so but she would insist and said do you have a company i would say no then she told me you know what it's important you just have your company and keep it there but for me i initially was trying to make a quick buck mm. so i asked her how much she told me 300,000 so i gave her in installments paid her slowly slowly from pocket money really from my husband and she opened up a company for me uh, i didn't mention that uh after i think in between after leaving school no before i graduated there is that moment when you're waiting for graduation i worked at an internet cafe on uganda house cloud click no. so when this this girl asks me she calls me what name do you want to give your company because i didn't know any company in my life i just said click i didn't <laughs> even know that you can't copy someone's name oh, gosh <laughs> so she also goes ahead with click and but she tells me but this click already exists then i say i know that click which exists it starts with c just add a k to make it click because i did not have any intentions of using this company so so i opened click investments and i kept it in the drawers so it was there so fast forward we start i start supplying passion fruits we grow from uh, three sacks to 10 sacks in about a month to about 50 in about a year and to about 100 100 100 sacks in about a week, a week yes we sell 100 sacks in a week we grew we got other cars i started employing some people to help me drive because it was too much work i couldn't ferry the passion fruits by myself we got a truck that was getting the passion fruits from the park you know so we we were working would converge at my house those who are parking would come in like 5 a.m we start parking the drivers would be there and say madam you know so so life was good and the money was coming in uh, so one day i supply a friend of mine was working at serenity center it's a rehabilitation center so she tells me they want people to supply food but among them is passion fruits so i don't know if you can uh supply also these other things she sent me the list but you can bid that's when i learned that oh to bid you need a company <laughs> yes she asked me do you have a company i said yes i have a company so i got out Come my on. company and i bid it like yes and i got the contract uh, but also at that moment many clients were asking me like when i'll take passion fruits for instance to the bank they would say me i don't take passion fruits alone by the way i have to mix in oranges so if you can just do me a favor today i don't want to go to the market bring me oranges then bring me a melon another bring me carrots like that so somehow i found myself back and forth in the market, market. like on my way i stayed in boyogere so nakawa was 
uh, on my way. So I would go pick all these nice things for clients and I would deliver. And I was happy to do that until I got into a contract kind of arrangement. Yes. And then they, they even told me, we, uh, you know, I went to the bank, I had to open up a corporate account. You know, I think when God, when God presses, sometimes you have to be obedient because if I didn't have a company at that time, yeah. I wouldn't have got that contract. But then now I started really getting organized. I remember there's uh, a bank that told, uh, I went to supply passion fruits and they told me that when I arrive, people would actually run to, to fight for passion fruits, literally. So the manager called me after an incident of every tailor leaving their desk and coming to pick the passion fruits. And they tell me, and she tells me, you know what? I'm going to chase you away from here because you're disorganizing my work. So she gave me an idea, said, how about you get organized? Maybe you, we, we, we can organize ourselves when you come. We know who will take. We know where you'll put your passion fruits and we shall pay you at the end of the month. So because everyone starts grumbling, I am collecting their monies and all. So I said, that's fine. She asked me, uh, is that okay? I said, yes. So, so every Friday I would go there and I think she made sure everyone gives them the money or I don't know if she collected it from their accounts. But when I went to collect my payment at the end of the month, she gave me a check and she told me, do you have a company? We like to deal with companies. And I said, yes, I have Come a company. Come on. <laughs> so, you know, I started now realizing, oh, by the way, mm. yeah, I have a company. I can make good use of it. So that is how life was. That's how I got into uh, getting into contracts, supplying. Before I knew it, my home was too small to be a home and also a business premise. And my husband asked me to find space. And so I decided that I'll locate myself in a market mm. so that it's easy for me when a client says, carrot, I will just pick them yeah. <laughs> and then deliver. So when I went into a market, I was just looking for a space for packaging my passion fruits and maybe a pickup point for those that I was unable to supply. Many clients, I couldn't reach them. Sometimes I would leave home with like, a thousand pieces, hoping that there will be enough for whoever I have put on my list, whoever has ordered. But sometimes they would end halfway and they are finished and so others wouldn't get. So people would get frustrated and I remember some uh, Ministry of Water would one time sent a pickup at home to pick passion fruits <laughs> because from the commissioner to whoever, everyone was on the list. So they send a driver with an envelope, how many packs and who would get. So I would load so they started picking them up at the market. So I located myself here in Nalia Market. Wow. Yes, that's, yeah, that's generally how I got into business. <laughs> Let's talk about a few of the mindset challenges that you face because here you are a graduate with a, with a degree and then a master's you know, coming from the corporate world. What, yeah. how, what are some of the challenges you face when now people are saying this girl is a market vendor? You know, what's going on and how did, did that affect you in any way? But what, tell us some of, a little bit, just a little bit about that. Um, in the beginning, when I started, uh, my friends at, uh, that some of, okay, one in particular, but I believe they had discussed it. 
uh, we had a discussion group and so I think they talked about it and one of them calls me and says, Jennifer, you are vending passion fruits, is that why we just left UMI? Really, bring your papers here and I hope you find a job. Stop embarrassing us, that was her statement. That kind of made me feel bad. I sat back and thought and said, Bananga, am I making the right decision? But again, the wallet was happy. <laughs> All of a sudden, I could afford when they are contributing for something I can afford, mm. as opposed to before when we had to contribute, I would have to go and ask my husband. Yes. You know? So that was one of the things that made me feel bad. Another time, I was going to supply passion fruits at Audit House, and the lady who was taking the orders, I think, I think thought maybe it's any other vendor, like, you know, so, so she, she started directing me. Kakati, Audit House, we need many. Then I said, leave that to me. Njabuleta, how many do you need? So she first called and said, I need 10. After five minutes, make them 15. After 10 minutes, ah, madam, I think you won't manage because we need 20 packets. I said, I will bring them. So when I got there, she, she told me, and when I got there, she told me, bring them up, 60th floor. Now there is this thing called lifts. I think you need to put them in a lift. So I, I now understood what she, she thought of you. Yeah, exactly. So I went and I said, let me first go to her in person, so I packed my car properly. Customer care, mm. you have to learn how to speak to those Askaris, they're a very big part of my story. Mm. Askari can say, don't come in. We don't allow vending here. So you have to talk to them nicely, you know, and also tell them you're also looking for, you know, survival. So I went, walked in the office, I, I told the lady, I am the one who has brought passion fruits. Eh, you're the one, I said, I'm the one. How many would you like, where can I put them? You know, then she gave me an officer tenant to help me collect their passion fruits. So there is that thing of before someone meets you, maybe they think, ah, this this vendor also. But it, it also is good. They get a lot of confidence now when they know they are picking things from someone like in their same likeness. Yes. Yes. So they get that confidence. They call you with confidence. They give you feedback. Yeah. So. Those are some of the things. Even when I got into the market, again now, because the market has a lot of informal people, they looked at me badly in the beginning. I think with this thing, her, she's going to take all our clients who know English. <laughs> mm. Yes, but when I got into the market, I showed them that we can corroborate, that, because I can't bring everything. So I kept buying now from them to take to my clients. In, in the end, they like me. The time of COVID, because my business go, well, is online, I was literally employing everyone in the market. You buy from them and sell? Because the orders were just too many, I would run out, of, and people were stalking. Mm. So I would run out really fast, and then I would have to pick from all of them. So at some point when the president said that we stop working at, uh, that border borders stop working at two, mm. and we use a lot of border borders for delivery, as soon as I would arrive, all of them would tell me, aha, madam, how do the orders look like? What do I bring? So we were like one huge, big team. Wow. And so we are now friends. It's not as if I am there to compete with them. Yeah. 
Wow, Jennifer, your story, when I hear it, I just think of Proverbs 14, 23, that in all labor, there is profit, but idol chatter leads only to poverty. Let's talk numbers, even as, as Pastor Chris comes on. Let's talk numbers. So in the beginning, it's you, uh, your cousin, who is not even really employed, and just, it's you, basically, running a business. How many people do you employ right now, uh, directly and indirectly, and also in terms of turnover, what does it look like? Numbers. Okay. Uh, when I started, it was just me and my maid, and now we are a team of eight permanent, and very many who come on when did I mention that we do we make now juice? No, you didn't mention okay. that. Well when we have juice jobs, we bring on other people because it's a lot of work and also many people in the market. So maybe about twenty. Wow. Uh, when I started I usually like to people that I started with nothing because honestly I did not put in anything mm. but I just you know like seized the moment, the opportunity. And now I, okay, also to mention, which is very key, I have now Click Investments is Click Investments and Jennifer is Jennifer, so Click Investments pays me a salary, yeah. which I am very happy to say it, it meets all my needs. Mm. And I think we are now in a working capital of over 100 million. Wow, and how many years ago is this Jennifer? From 20 end of 2012, so maybe I count from 2013 to date. That's about seven, seven years. years. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm just amazed uh, about your story and seizing the moment. Just seeing an opportunity, taking it, and then going and riding on it until you see progress and growth. And I think, uh, let me welcome Pastor Chris to just wrap this up and ask some more critical business questions. Welcome, Pastor Chris. Thank you, Pastor Vitri. Jennifer, thank you for your awesome story. Guys, I think you really appreciate this story. I could not help myself but keep laughing. Yeah. You know, there's a video clip uh, of a guy who was in the gym, in the treadmill. Then he fell down and ended up doing press-ups because people were seeing him. <laughs> so you stumbled into these things and made them count. Yeah. You stumble into one thing, make it count. Stumble into another. I mean, from the time you, you received the passion fruits, you started selling. Then uh, they tell you, bring me some carrots. You put them on, on the thing. Then you find yourself in the market. Have you told us about the juice? No, uh, as a result of having so many passion fruits, I started making juice first for my house, then for parties, my children's birthday parties. I said I won't buy soda when I have so much juice. And then one parent one time told me, the person who made that juice we took at your, birth at your son's birthday, can they make for us juice? I said, yes, <laughs> I know that person. <laughs> and so I found myself running to Arua Park to buy a dispenser because now it, was, it had to be better than yes. what was at my home. At my home, I used jugs now. And before I knew it, I had to go to Turkey and import in dispensers. So now we can serve up to a wedding of 4,000 guests. Yes. Wow. Stumbling into things and you make them count. So what I see in this story is you make those things count, those opportunities count. Sure. And sometimes opportunities disguise themselves as hard work or as problems. Yes. 
for you, you've turned it around. You've that's turned true. it around. I think business people, that's where business is about solving problems. problems. Yeah. So she was encountered with all these problems and she made them count. So thank you. For me, that's the biggest thing I'm picking out of this story. And also what uh, Pastor Bethry touched on. You are a master's degree holder <coughs> uh, and you're in the market. Yeah. Yes. And I think we need to change that narrative. Yeah. We are putting our education, our education is blinding some of us from the opportunities, from solving problems. Mm. Yeah. So this, and I mean, uh, some, at one time they were calling you Mama Butunda. Yes. Huh? Mama Butunda was her master's degree yes. in the market solving problems. Uh, Proverbs 14, 23, that Pastor Bethry said, in all labor, there is profit. Is but idle chatter leads only to poverty. poverty. Yeah. So thank you very much for being diligent and hard work. And some people can say you're lucky. No. <laughs> huh? You're blessed. We're all lucky and we're yes. all blessed. But it's what you do when you find uh, a challenge that really, really counts. Thank you, David, cousin David. Cousin yes. David, your destiny helper. Yes. Huh? David was there for you. He did yes. everything possible to help you. That's for sure. You are in your bed, the fruits arrived. Yes. And that kicked off the whole story. <laughs> so know. David, if you're watching, thank you so much. Your husband. Oh, yeah. that awesome guy. Yeah. Yeah. Every story here, you realize that the spouses yes. are supporting these business people. Yes, that's yeah? true. So we can't miss that out. Yeah. I'll have one or two questions. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you gave us the figure of the people you employ. Uh, 10 permanent and about 20. We have those that just come in when we have like a, or a wedding or an introduction or two functions on one day yeah. for juice. But you've not told us about the market, the people in the market who you buy products from. Because I don't from. even count them. You've not told us about the farmers you know, where you the buy village. the products from. Yes. So you are running a business, but you have lots of families you're supporting. Yeah? Yes. I'm sure there are over a thousand if you go to break down the details because every person has a, on average Uganda probably six or seven people Yes. so you're, it's, a, it's seemingly a small thing because Uganda is 67% uh, of the people are employed by agriculture so you have lots of people out there you're supporting but you don't see it so thank you for being uh, so diligent and hard working because you're really helping people out there now finally your business uh, clicks investments. Where do you see it going? Uh, why I'm asking this is that population is growing. Yeah. Uh, you, of course, you're getting competition. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. Good enough, you're online. Yes. But where do you see your business going in terms of capacity, in terms of places you're going to reach? Today, you're in Nakawa market. You want to be in other places. Tell us about that. Um, maybe to mention a little, last year I did a school of leadership here at Worship Harvest, and one of the things that I learned was growth. If there is any space that teaches you growth, this is the place. So one of the things I learned was that I just can't end there. The same thing I used to ask myself, how, for how long will I vend passion fruits? The future wasn't kind of clear. But now after studying, I realized that I have to plan, I have to create room for growth. And the population, like you said, is growing. So, one, we are online. I see Click becoming the biggest online grocery shopping company in yes. the next. And then we're going to start opening up, uh, getting closer, because the big, one of the problems we are solving is time. Many people don't have time to go to the market and shop. They work on weekends. They are busy, so we take food to them. So we, uh, one of the challenges we face is transporting this food 
some people really stay far. We take food for, at, as far as in Teve. So I'm thinking in the next five, ten years, we will have many click outlets, many click markets in, dif in the different uh, regions of this country. But we are going to start with Kampala and we are going to start with uh, Chira side because our biggest clientele comes from there. So yeah, Click is going to be the biggest grocery uh, shopping company here in Uganda. Awesome, thank yeah. you so much. And maybe finally, how do you manage to do all these deliveries? What systems do you have? Right? Like you have people to deliver food to different places. What, just give us a little uh, Also, I've been learning so much on job, but I've learned now I treat my company like a corporate company. We have systems. When an order comes in, Usually, uh, because my, I started with me, so my number is out there. Randomly, I know by the time I leave this place, I'll have like 10 orders on my phone. So I, I post it, we have a platform for the company, so there's someone in charge of picking up the orders, uh, writes the invoice, sends it to the person who packages, then we have a supervisor who checks to make sure that whatever the client ordered for is what has been packed, it is in good condition, it is fresh, then now we have delivery guys. We have cars and we have motorcycles. Motorcycles work for us better because they are really fast. Yeah. So we have delivery boxes where we package and then they deliver. And then we get paid uh, mostly by mobile money. And most people also pay in the bank. And those that we are on contract with pay in the bank, uh, by check in the bank. So we have a system. Somehow it has allowed me to also manage, like be the leader that I am and let other people also do their work. So I've got to a level where I employ people that are actually educated people who understand systems. Yes. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Friends, let's uh, celebrate Jennifer again for this wonderful story. And I know we've learned a lot from you, so thank you so much. Over to you, Pastor Bitty. Wow! Guys, what an incredible story this has been today. And of course, we cannot end our time together here at Business Garage without giving you an opportunity to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything begins there. He is the author of wealth and prosperity. He delights in your prosperity and he can just switch on a part of your heart and mind that is probably switched off right now if you come into contact with him and make him the lord of your life so i'd like to give you that opportunity right now i just want you to pray a very simple prayer after me okay say lord jesus i accept you today as my lord and savior take my life and do something significant with it in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.